Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, my good friend, South Stand Chum, bearded legend, man of the house, Mr. Paul <laughs> Levy. <laughs> <laughs> welcome back, everybody. This is number episode 97 uh, of the Orient Outlook podcast, and wow. Wow, wow, wow. What a week it's been since we've had episode number 96 out. We've had two games, we've got two games to discuss now, and just a small matter of a winding up position, uh, petition, I beg your pardon, uh, which could see the club shut down, and obviously the loft meeting that was held on Thursday, the 2nd of March. So without further ado, I think it's probably best that some people saying at the meeting it'd be a four hour podcast, and I'm saying no, it'd probably be a week long podcast. <laughs> so let's uh, let's just crack on with it, I think. All right, so there's always yeah. the supporters club updates to tell you about. So just three more trips um, this season. Firstly, Accrington on Tuesday, the 14th of March. Coaches depart at 1 pm. Um, the cost for that is £30 and £27 concessions. Then the second trip to tell you about is Luton on Good Friday, Friday, the 14th of April. Coaches depart at noon. That is £20 and £17 for concessions. And then hopefully the staying up party at Blackpool on Saturday the 6th of May departs at 8am from Brisbane Road. The coach is there and the cost is £30 and £27 for concessions. You can book um, at the supporters club before matches or on the travel line. That number I actually forgot because it isn't on the plan. Oh, so. whoops. Um, but <laughs> I, have, I have to say there is no way that you can actually say or glamorise Blackpool as a as a great destination. But if you want the travel line, it's 07722-135970. So that's 07722-135970. Hopefully, you know, by Blackpool, who knows what would have happened. So it could be a staying up party, it could be an exiting out of the league party. Either way, we'll see what happens with that one. I'm sure there'll be many twists and turns before um, May the 6th. Absolutely. So moving on now, we have an update from the Leighton Orient Trust. It's a massive thank you to the under-11s school football team from Aldersbrook Primary School in Wanstead who reached the regional final of the EFL Kids Cup, played on the Adams Park pitch, only to succumb to the winners and host club Wickham Wanderers, and thus their Wembley dream is now over, unfortunately. However, they represented the O's with much credit and will parade their runner-up trophy at half-time on Saturday. So if you're at the game, can you please give them a huge round of applause? So yeah, well done. We will. Unlucky, boys. Also, the Trust are delighted to announce that Sonia Smith has been nominated for the Mind Wellbeing Award at the British Ethnic Diversity Sports Awards. The awards were established by Sporting Equals to celebrate sporting excellence within the BAME communities. And this year, they have introduced a new category to recognise the contribution at ERA Project programme or individuals made to improve people's mental well-being through sport and physical activity. The winner of the award is voted for by the public <coughs> and we need your help to spread the word and encourage people to vote. So it's a simple process. You just visit the following website, enter your name and email address and you can vote for Sonia Smith and this is a huge factor in the success of the Coping Free Football Project. So if you can, please vote at the volume website. So it's www.bedsa.co.uk slash vote forward slash so get on that website and vote for Sonia absolutely this coming Thursday there's a free event taking place at the YMCA Sports Hall in Forest Road Walthamstow in collaboration with Motivate East Waltham Forest Council 
Forest YMCA and NHS Foundation Trust from 11 until 3 o'clock. The event is entitled Get Active for Mental Wellbeing and it's for adults and will include free physical activities including badminton, basketball, football and boxercise. A couple of the Orient lads are also expected to drop in to chat and also give advice. For any more information on that, please contact Barbara Armstrong, which is B-A-R-B-A-R dot Armstrong at N-E-L-F-T dot N-H-S dot U-K. I love the way it's left open to say a couple of Orient lads are also expected to drop in, which means they will drop in, so just be there. So if you're going, have a great time and um, hopefully um, things will um, have a great day. So announcement, so recently we've been asked to do a few birthday wishes and... Here we are at this point of the show again. So if you have a birthday coming up, let us know. We've got two announcements this week. So firstly, congratulations to Lee Deering, also known as at Gorillas1985. Lee gets married on the 15th of March and flies out to Mauritius on the 11th of March. So Lee, have a great wedding. Um, you know, we know you're going to keep in contact with all the goings on at Orient and enjoy yourself and have a great day. Yep, absolutely. And happy birthday to Stu Hebron for this coming Monday. Uh, happy birthday to you. Hope you have a good day. Yep. So moving on into the crammed, mental, catastrophic, diabolical, diverse, uh, and in the week. end, amazing week that was. So Monday, 27th of February, head of the Stevenage match, Danny Webb spoke to George Sessions about the squad. He said, I think there's every chance Clark, he could keep his place at Stevenage. And I think we can expect to see Nicky Hunt back in the team somewhere. Rowan Liebert is unavailable, so we're going to have to assess Paul McCallum's injury and see how we, get, how we are and go from there. So we also went on to say... Michael was different class when he came on on Saturday, and that is a lad who is still only a scholar. He hasn't even got a professional contract. So you look at a lot of those players, and they're not letting anybody down, especially not themselves. It's easy sometimes when you have these results, you forget to mention the players that did well, and they go home thinking they didn't do as well as they did. So people like Clarkey and Miles Judd, who has been outstanding for a while, they're being asked to do a man's job, and they are doing it. So that's obviously yeah. Webb speaking about Clark's performance after the... Uh, Cheltenham game where he came on he done fantastically well. He did very well. Shame he didn't start really. So that was Monday. Moving on to Tuesday, 28th of February, we had Stevenage away. Um, the team lined up with Sergeant in goal, Judd, Hunt, Clark and Kennedy with Karoma, Moore, Collins, Samedo and Massey in the middle and McCallum up front as the lone striker. Substitutes were Granger, Mezegay, Hap, Monker, Alzate, Adebayejo and Sam Dolby, which meant that there were three changes from Cheltenham as Nicky Hunt returned from suspension and replaced Teddy Mezegay. Sammy Moore replaced Nigel Atangana, who has a groin injury. And following his performance on Saturday, Michael Clark makes his first start for the O's. Second-year scholar Dan Happ is named on the bench for the first time tonight, one of 11 academy products in the 18 men yeah. squad. Mental. That Mental. is absolutely outstanding, really, to show that we have actually got the players yeah. that, can, that can step up. We have. So your views on, on that team? Again, surprised McCallum was starting. Don't think perhaps he should have played on Saturday, uh, have Liebird in knowing that Liebird wasn't yeah. eligible to play. Well, maybe that's because Liebird obviously couldn't play against Stevenage. Just maybe uh, that's forced right. Danny's hands to play him against Stevenage. McCallum. McCallum, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, well, it absolutely did, but then I wouldn't have risked him on the Saturday. Yeah. Um, no Atengana, which for me at the time, I didn't realise he had a groin strain, which was a bit surprised. Um, good to see Sammy Moore in the team. Yeah, very good. Uh, because I don't think Michael Collins has done particularly well, but there you go. Yep. For me, decent team, yeah. One you would expect. Parks, obviously not risked following him coming off at half-time the previous Saturday. Um, I agree with you about McCallum. 
And how young is that bench? I mean, yeah, it's really such young. a young-looking team, so I couldn't make it in the end, but you was there. I was. Yeah, there's lots of people there that, that good, good turnout. were familiar. Yeah, really good turnout. We'll tell you the, 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 the um, uh, crowd a little bit later on, but really, I didn't expect... They, they were all telling us at Stevenage, oh, you've got to sit in your seats, allocated seats. Oh, really? You've got to sit in your seat, must sit in your seat. And we're like, yeah, 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 whatever, we'll sit where we want. No, 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 you've got to sit... A few jobs worth at Stevenage, yeah. I think it's fair to say, but... It, we we were laughing like, what do you think we're actually going to sell this out on a Tuesday night? And we got pretty we close. Pretty, did, yeah. pretty much did. It was getting a bit tight. So the match kicked off. Um, Stevenage looked like they were a sharp team anyway. Um, yeah, a good run of form, Stevenage. They going are. into the match, weren't they? they? Oh, they were, yeah. Um, in the 12th minute, though, they came real, real close. Um, Clark blocked superbly, though. Um, but I think I noted that it had been sort of pretty much Stevenage yeah. for the first 10, 10, 12 minutes, really. Uh, yeah, and then in the 18th minute, Stevenage took the lead. As Ben Kennedy heads and across uh, from Tom Pett, and for me, you know, watching that, uh, they just ran at us. They just run in at us, and our defence are just running back and writing the pressure on. Yeah, they get the ball wide. Cross came in, poor defending in the middle. Very basic goal, I thought. Really, Very basic, really basic goal, poor defensively. Sergeant, no chance in goal, and come the 18th minute, disappointingly, one down, and then fighting an uphill battle. Yeah, exactly. Um, four minutes later, Hunt. So they get. Uh, they get a corner, which wasn't a corner, or was it a corner? Apparently, no, I can't. I don't think it was a corner. I think speaking to you or somebody else who was there, I think the initial corner that was given from which this so should have been a goal kick. It was awarded, wasn't a corner, but nevertheless, it, yeah. Like so, so Hunt is marking his man, and then it was a bit of handbags to start with, like they were both grabbing at shirts yeah. and that. But then Hunt has decided to physically try and stop the man getting the ball, almost like in a bear hug kind of way. And then the ball comes in, and because Hunt is so busy trying to stop the man, and their man is just trying to get the ball, their man actually wins the header anyway. So Hunt was much worse off, and, and conceded a penalty. penalty. Yeah, and, and it was absolutely stupid. And 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 the funny thing, and and what I didn't quite understand was how all the all the Orient fans behind. That, that, that were with yeah. us were like that's ridiculous that wasn't a penalty and they were singing you don't know what you're doing and the referee is a in your eyes it was a penalty yeah, yeah. it was all day long a penalty and even Lucy who sat behind me said like am I alone in thinking that that was the penalty because oh, okay. all the players appealed it as well like when it's given you, about three or four players go and go up to the referee and that, was a, that was a penalty although in fairness I've seen that happen a lot it's rife and the problem is in our league is the refs are giving decisions that actually are probably quite right but they get let yeah, go yeah, in yeah. all other matches by plenty of other officials. So I think the problem is inconsistency in referees. You're either going to give them all the time or you're not going to give them at all. You don't just pick and choose the ones you want yeah. to give. Fair point. So, so it was given? Yeah, emphatically. Yeah, emphatically. A little emphatically way, buried. Yeah. Just down the middle. Sergeant died the that way. Yeah. And 22 minutes in, 2 0 down to a team who were on good form. And you're thinking, here we go, another long night. But two minutes later, quick response. And it comes as a free kick from the left came in from Collins. Good delivery, to be fair. Really I've been quite good. critical for some of Collins' deliveries into the box from corners and free kicks uh, lately. Yeah. But great delivery. McCullum, for someone who's playing at, what, 50%, 60% fitness, meets the ball very well. Good leap. Great header. Top corner. Suddenly yeah. we were back in it. Great, and you think, great yeah, actually, goal for McCullum. It might kick them in the guts a bit to have us coming back yeah. and having not really played that well, to be frank. And then we weren't all that. So after that, obviously, a good a good spell for us, full of confidence, and we created a few good chances. That 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 spurred us on really, and I think we started to settle into the game a little bit more. We created a bit, we forced corners, um, massive shot in the side netting, Semedo ping one over the bar. Yeah. Um, 
Sadly, Gavin Massey got booked. I think it was a bit of a needless booking, to be frank. Well, we mentioned this on last Sunday's podcast, saying because he was booked against Cheltenham, and we yeah. said he's on nine now, so he's got to be careful up until March the tenth or whatever it is, until the cut-off point comes. Gav obviously doesn't listen to the podcast because you know gets himself booked. So very disappointing in you, Gavin Massey, in more ways than one. Yeah. Um, so but, you know, so he has a two-game suspension. He served because that was his tenth game of the booking. Yep, that's so, it. Um, bit so, pointless as I say it was a bit of a needless I th- from my memory it was a needless booking yep so three minutes stoppage time played at the end of the first half we got two corners I think you said the first one was decent and the second one was poor yep. half time whistle goes and 2-1 yep. summarise the first half yeah so at 2-0 down um, we looked sort of down and out really they were quite overpowering us we looked a little bit scared a little bit out of sorts we didn't really look fit um, Sammy Moore was a bit of a passenger Michael Collins wasn't really in it you could see some of the other the younger boys were trying to get involved and get in. Yeah. McCallum wasn't really much use because he was injured and he yeah. didn't really want to bolt around like uh, like Ollie Palmer did. Yeah. See, that would be a perfect, not perfect, but that would be a more ideal person to have up front Hindsight, in terms of a work ethic yeah, kind yeah. of thing, just to chase stuff down. But yeah, um, we you know I think since that goal, though, we looked like a slightly different, a better team. Yes, absolutely. Uh, it changed it. So attendance announced it's 2,908 with 682 away fans, so well done to everyone who made the journey. And um, you made another song that was sung. Yeah, we, we, we started a chant of We Filled Your Ground For You because they were giving us a bit of grief, like you're going down and, yeah. and all that. So we started singing We Filled Your Ground For You, which is a very pleasurable song yeah. to sing because it's not the one that we sing very often. So nice to see. So second half kicked off, no changes for the O's. And you're thinking, right, first 15 minutes, Orient Outlook told me about the stats last week, so we're not going to concede between the first and the 60th minute. And then what happens? Yeah. 47th minute, dreaded curses, second half strikes again. Luke Wilkinson heads in to make it 3 1. And pretty much from that point, game over. Terrible start to the second half. Another goal conceded poor. in that time. Poor defending again. Poor defending. It's so unnecessary. There's people just are not sharp enough. Yeah. That's two minutes after the first half after half time. What well Danny would have said happens? Danny would have said, look, keep it, keep it compact first 15 minutes, get through it, because they're gonna come out and try and finish us off, get past that first 15 minutes, and then we'll if we're still in the game. Let's go for it. And, you know, after that, it's half-time talks out the window. So, 3-1 down, really disappointing. 51st minute, I haven't seen this, but you've said, well, we've noticed Sergeant makes an amazing reaction safe after we got opened up and some sloppy defending. Yeah, he did. I think it was probably a bit more reactionary, but it was almost at point-blank range. And he's just made himself really big and, and okay. sort of dived. And, and and that would have been that would have been a killer. I think at 51 minutes, I think half the yeah. Sam would have walked out. Yeah, Yeah, 60th minute, Freddie Moncur comes on for his debut. Um in place of Sammy Moore. So Freddie, congratulations on your debut. You haven't forgot about that bow tie at Starman. Yeah, that was what a classic. What a dapper dude that guy is. And Got some grief from that, didn't he, though? He did. some of the other boys. But Sammy Moore seemed to get a bit of a... Um, he was awful. A, a bit of a critical uh, response he on was, our, some of our social media accounts from a few people who were there saying he wasn't very good. He, was, he wasn't very good at all. Lacked That's probably the worst Sammy Moore I've ever seen. Lacked fitness or not interested. Obviously, he's out of contract in the summer, so is he just... Going well. I wouldn't like to say that because I think Sammy Moore is a professional. Yeah. Uh, I would genuinely believe that it was. It wouldn't be that he's not trying. So I would put it probably down to match fitness. But lack of sharpness. Just, we're just no, not sharpness. But people were just sort of bypassing him, like as if he wasn't there. Surprising for Sammy. He's they were running past midfielder. Him. Yeah. Very so maybe it was fitness or slightly injured. I don't know, but it wasn't the Sammy Moore that we're used to. Yeah. Okay. Good point. Sixty second minute. Things go from bad to worse as after more Stevenage pressure. Tom Pep makes it 4-1 and I mean they were, they were just queuing up to hit that ball yeah. coming from our left their yeah. right and they just fought, they passed it, it across the middle. Man in the middle and then they had one over finished it well under Sergeant's legs 
and in Hunt on the line wasn't getting him anyway but falls on his backside just to make calamitous. it even more comical yeah. 4-1 at that point you're thinking oh just just end it now just put us out of our misery now. Yeah, that was it. And quite a few people, I think, got up at 3-1 and left. Really? And I think a few more got wow. up at 4-1. Okay. Because you think at 60-odd minutes that there's another half an hour to go and they've already yeah. scored four goals. So yeah. you think it's probably going to get a lot worse. But then just a minute later, Danny Webb makes a change. He brings on Steven Alzate for Sandro Semedo. Uh, for me, Sandro was poor. He's been poor for a while. Never really got going. Yeah. I'm, not, I, I'm, I'm a fan of Sandro, don't get me wrong. But I just his just performances haven't really... Been, been up to where I think he can be. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and then you see the likes of Alzate and Moncur come on and, and how well they did in that game. Yeah. And then again at Newport, you think, well... Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, Alzate, again, congratulations to Alzate uh, on making his debut. He wasn't... Well, we, we didn't meet him last year at the Starman Awards, so no bow tie no. to talk about. But um, another youth player coming up. It's amazing to see all these youth names coming up. Yeah. So quickly, 66 minute. An unbelievable save by Chris Day, who tips Massey's top corner. So Gavin Massey over. was on the edge of the box, and he's the ball's come to, it's fallen to him, and he's poked it. He's not shot it, he's poked it into the top corner, and it was heading there, and I'm just getting out my seat ready to cheer. Yeah, and Day dives, it. and he gets a finger, like that index fingertip, and pushes it over. It was incredible. He's, an, he's a bit, he's, he's, I think he's about our age, Chris Day. I think a few people he's know it. 40. I think a few people know it, that he, he's, he was old enough to be like Judd's dad, dad. or Sergeant's dad. Like he was old enough to be half the yeah. squad's dad. Yeah. But obviously still doing it in League Two. So, yeah, you know, amazing. Fair play Good to, keeper. Fair play to him. Good 67th keeper. minute, we had a goal disallowed um, as Karoma was penalised for a foul on day. Don't remember that, to be honest. Fine. 75th minute, Godden has a chance. His first time shot is deflected wide, and in the 83rd minute, another youngster comes on. Victor Adebayejo comes on for Paul McCallum. Surprise, McCallum lasted 83 minutes. I mean, was he still running around? Or no, was he, still... he wasn't running around ever. <laughs> yeah. As soon as I said that, I thought he doesn't run around anyway. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> least of all with his ligaments detached <laughs> from his actual plays. Uh, for me, I'd have bought on Victor at 65 minutes as well. For 60 for Paul, minutes yeah. for PMAC. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let the guy get into the game. Yeah, give it, let, let him, Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it was just poor from Danny on that. I think he got that wrong. Okay. I think it might have given us more oomph and impetus if you've got the likes of Azate, Moncur, Adebayo, who've all played together in the yeah, youth. I get with, that. With, I it's coming from. Because um, Azate went on the wing to replace Sandro and... Uh, Josh Karoma, uh, yeah. obviously, as well. Okay. Uh, so we have four minutes of injury time at the end, and, and Karoma drilled a low shot just inches wide of the post. Full time whistle went. That was a, obviously a terrible night for us, but people stayed till the end. People clapped the team off, yeah. despite it being probably the worst, one of the worst performances. Okay. Okay. Like, uh, a la Cheltenham as well. It's yeah. just a little bit of a hangover, probably, from Cheltenham. But good, good to see the support was still there. Absolutely, so. and, the, and the players got rightly clapped off because at the end of the day, we're in a terrible situation and we need to stick together. I like it, Mr. Levy. So, uh, Dave Victor said after the match, Danny Webb has said it was a very disappointing night. The biggest criticism is the goal conceded early in the second half. That's happened too often. There's been a lot of looking backwards at this club, but with these youngsters, there is a brighter future. I can't help but being proud of the younger players they will learn from this. Danny yeah. also explained that players are carrying injuries. They're giving blood for this team and they will continue to do so. And Danny said that Paul McCallum's knee is better than it was on Saturday and that also Sammy Moore isn't fully match fit. There you go. So it's putting, cobbling the team together. So the league table saw us um, staying in 23rd. Uh, we remain three points ahead of Newport in 24th who didn't play on Tuesday night. But Hartlepool in 22nd have suddenly found the goals in them and they beat Crew 4-0 and they moved six points ahead of us and obviously with a better goal difference than us. So uh, things at this point are looking a little bit grim, to be fair, and a full table 
Um, a full roundup of the table will follow at the end of the Newport game. So yep. from my so point of views, view, yep. uh, lost it in the midfield again, like yep. we did at Cheltenham. Uh, Moore and Collins were especially poor. McCallum offered us nothing. I, you know, took him off too. As I said earlier, took him yep. off too late. Uh, we were in this really until the third goal. But I have to say, uh, credit to Stephen Alzate and Freddie Moncur, who really had an impact when they came on, along with Victor as well. But again, too little, too late for for me to bring Victor on in the 83rd. Looked determined and purposeful. Actually put Stevenage on the back foot once these boys came on. But we just didn't have enough to find another goal. One point which was made a lot last night was that Judd was left exposed a lot. Okay. Uh, no covering really from Caroma or Massey. So that left Judd quite vulnerable. Did they? Did Stevenage target Judd again? Because we were saying uh, a little bit. last week that Cheltenham targeted him in the first half, and we've seen that a couple of times. Even though Judd's doing very well, yes, but that seems to be a trend that oppositions have been doing. So a little bit, yeah. My views then before the game, I thought we'd actually win this. I thought we were going to win it, but I did as well. Uh, you know, I was happy with the team on paper. I was confident, but what's going on? You know, where's the fight? Two down after twenty-two minutes, and at that point, you're chasing the game. You've got no chance. So. Yeah. Good to see the way the team responded though from going two goals down. Uh, but when we have the better games, we either fight, we are either fighting so much of an uphill battle, like having to come back from two goals down, yeah. or we just don't score. Um, Cursor second half, already said it, strikes again. Disappointing to see that. And once the third goes in, game's over. Uh, watching the goals back, poor defending, all four goals, easily avoidable. Yeah, that was the most disappointing thing for me. Positives though, there were positives. Good to see Monco and Alzate make their debuts, as you said. And you have to stand up and applaud the kids for fighting, you know, about what cost. And at this point, obviously written on Tuesday night, I ended up by saying things really aren't looking good. Yeah, it's, it's interesting you say about um, good to see the way the team responds to going down. I think Cliff made the point. It's like, why does it take, A even goal, John yeah, Macca said, why does it take for us to be so yeah. far behind for us to start, start getting into the game? Yeah. So those were our views, your yeah. views. So again, loads of views loads. over the last week. So we're only going to mention a selection for this podcast of... The tweets that we've got this week, because yeah. again, another record-breaking week. So if we don't mention your tweet, we do apologise. So at David Sears 3 says, it's game over. Might as well give up. Can we forfeit the rest of our games? Only going to be one outcome. 24th place is ours now. Tom P1984 said, we're down. Have been before Andy um, AH left. Not sure what happens at half-time, but the second half starts are diabolical. At Mr. Underscore A Underscore 1881 says, on the plus side... I'm actually looking forward to hearing how loud Aldershot actually sing. I do like that. Well done. Well done. <laughs> Dodger at Dodger 445. That was absolutely dire tonight. Only the ref's inconsistency was worse. It's over, I'm afraid. Non-league for the O's. Yeah, he booked their our players for infringements and then didn't book their oh. players for the same infringements just as Crackers a little all taster. the time, doesn't yeah. it? At Allen, MCLA1 says, It isn't over yet. Can't give up now. If we beat Newport on Saturday, that'll kickstart us and there's still a chance. Yeah, at MB oh, Quain said, bless you, really can't believe what's happening over Orient. Every possible result has gone against us tonight. Really desperate now. Yeah, and at Paul WE underscore UK says, our defence was very poor, especially at the start of the match. Had to cover up my eyes for some of it. Positive though, three subs livened it up, created some good chances. We also found out why Moore hasn't played. He was just jogging back when Stevenage was streaming forward. He's either not fit or he doesn't care. Yeah, the former not fit, uh, which I agree with there. Down underscore South said, one positive tonight, Monco and Alzate linked up well with the other youth team boys and created havoc for 15 minutes, which is fair. That's good Very to see that, comment. yeah. Yep. Jaden, age 13, says, we showed that fight and desire too late. If we can start each game like that, then we will stay up. And it comes back to the point that you just mentioned. You know, if you start as we finish or 
if it takes an hour to get into the game because we can see the goal, why can't we start like that? Yeah, exactly. Jaden, uh, so Digger H seven seven three zero four six said so frustrated and angry tonight. Will FB ever show his face around E ten again? Brave man if he does. That was obviously written on Tuesday night. Unbeknown to what is actually going to happen later in the week. At yep. Charlie underscore Paul said words can't describe how low I feel looking at that table tonight. Gary Talbot 7 feels like the beginning of the end. Webb banging on about young players' futures suggests the present is hopeless. And the final word from a horrible Tuesday night goes to at El Kawada who said, I just can't see a way out. This may sound stupid, but if we were to go into administration, I'd rather now than in the summer. Well, it's funny you say that and keep, keep your ears peeled in the next five minutes see what happens. Prediction League <laughs> update. There were two prediction corrections, sorry, two correct predictions tonight so well done to at Tom Davies E17 and to MP Allen Triple Two for their telepathic mystic Meg style skills <laughs> full roundup of the prediction league will follow later on in the podcast Tom Davies's prediction was a response to Jamie Stripe who said we were going to going to win 5-0 yeah. and said so we're not going to lose 4-1 so well done Tom on your first points on the board even though I don't think you really meant that Legit, prediction yeah. you still Flippant, been awarded the flippancy we don't count so Wednesday 1st of March so as I was walking to work in the morning and as everyone was probably getting up uh, still reading from our defeat to Stevenage things go from bad to worse uh, as our worst fears are confirmed it's announced Leighton Orient face a winding up order over an unpaid tax bill so the club will have the case heard at the High Court on Monday, March the 20th, so that's two weeks on Monday at 10.30am and face the threat of liquidation if we cannot settle our debt to the HMRC, which is understood to be in the region of £250,000. Yeah. So, I mean, this news was picked up by national media, on TV, radio, Twitter, everywhere, you know, fellow fans, uh, Orient, you know, or late in Orient started trending again on Twitter, but again, for the season, all the wrong reasons, not for the reasons that you'd want to see. You know, Barry Hearn speaks up to the Daily Telegraph calling FB's reign disastrous. I think it's the an MP, understatement. The MP from Waltham Abbey started speaking about it in, Wolfram, in Parliament. It, yeah. um, so, so loads, loads of attention and again, just shaking your head going, this is unbelievable. What, yeah. what is going on? So for my, my, my thoughts on what the, for, for, for what it's worth really, for me, it's another avoidable disaster in a real long list of avoidable disasters really. Um, under under our current ownership, you know, I I think I don't think it's going to be a long term issue. As all he's got to do really is send payment to HMRC, and all of this really will go away. Um, he can do that up until the nineteenth nineteenth uh, of March or yeah twenty nineteen till the seventeenth of March because obviously that's the Friday. So he's got up until then um, to do it. So you know, and I think I'm probably in a minority in thinking that I think he will actually pay it. Um, we aren't the first club this has happened to, probably won't be the last, if my memory serves me right, I think Southend used to be in this position fairly frequently. Yeah. Um, obviously good to hear that Barry Hearn will support Loft. Silence from the club's management is absolutely unacceptable, a statement should have been issued. Those asking for the FA and EFL to help, you might as well forget it, they won't. <laughs> um, we aren't breaking any of their rules yet. Yeah. Their rules on governance and their rules on how the game is played, that's what they do. Um, when we do break their rules on governance and whatnot, don't worry guys, they will be in touch with us. No Absolutely. question or a doubt over that. Absolutely. So, uh, my views, uh, you know, the disaster under FB continues, you know, the change in the club under his leadership in the last two and a half years has been abysmal. You know, at first I thought he was just poorly advised and I was quite defensive over him. You know, on the podcast I have kind of backed him 
and I wish I hadn't now in hindsight. Um, but you know what he's done in the, to this football club is shocking. From getting rid of Porter to Nolan to Cox to not backing Danny in the transfer window. You know we we, we could spend two or three hours talking about everything Bichette's done wrong over the last two and a half years. Um, list goes on, but. You know, hopefully this news going nationwide will alert someone who has the money to pump into the club and a bit of common sense, you know, has to prevail and hopefully Orient can be stable for the time being, at least. Yeah, good thoughts there. So we are now joined live on the phone by a friend of the show, I think it's nice nice to say. <laughs> Welcome back, uh, Matt Porter, how are you doing? What a nice introduction, friend of the show. You don't get called a friend when you leave football off. Nice, thanks guys, how are you? Pleasure, good, Pleasure. and you? Yeah, very well, thank you, all things considered. Yeah, cool. Thoughts on the current situation? Oh dear, well you haven't got long enough and I don't think you're an elsewhere words, do you? I mean, it's we try <laughs> to avoid it, it's a family show. Yeah, it's a terrible situation, you know, one that uh, we're all um, extremely uh, angry and disappointed about. So it's one that hopefully we can we can not be in for too long, you know, it's, um, it's sad times at the club. Do you think he's going to pay the money, FB, or do you expect him just not to show his face on the 20th of March? There are, I, I don't expect that to happen, um, but there are a number of ways in which he can stave off this order, and I have to be honest and say I do expect him to go down one of the routes. Um, I don't think it would be, I, look, he hasn't made a good decision, let's face it, in three years, and even his last remaining few defenders, I think, have sort of crossed over to the dark side, if you like, over the last few weeks. But there's nothing... This would be the ultimate bad decision if he didn't do that. And I just don't think he's quite going to go that far. I do see see the situation being resolved somehow. What are the options that you think, then? Obviously, paying it... Well, you can pay it. Uh, but you can phone up HMRC and you can arrange a meeting and you can go and sit down and say, sorry, I'm a bit late on my payments. Uh, this is how I'm going to resolve them. I'm going to pay you this much this month, this much next month, this month, mm. much the month after. And HMRC are generally quite amenable to doing deals. You know, they're, they're not keen on football clubs because they're not a preferred creditor. They're not a football creditor. So that's why they act quite strictly. And, and football clubs get winding up orders, uh, you know, quite a lot. I mean, that's, a few years ago under Ron Martin, Southend United were getting them on a regular basis. But Ron always dealt with them and, and things just carried on, um, and I, I, you know, I do hope that, that there will be some dialogue between the club and HMRC over the over the coming days and weeks, and um, and they reach a payment plan or, or, or just settle the bill. Okay, and from what you've seen and heard, because I know that you have sort of obviously contact with the Loft Committee. Do you think, uh, sort of, just I guess to move this on uh, one one step, then assuming he doesn't pay, do you think the club can be run as a going concern, perhaps until at least the end of the season? Yeah, I mean the end of the season is not really not long away, is it? No. You know, I mean, what are we now? First week of March. So yeah. You've got eight weeks till the end of the season, and you've got um, a further seven weeks on top of that until most of the players' contracts expire. So you, you don't have too long. Um, to, to actually get through, I, I you know I don't think that would be if it's, it's, this was October. I think it'd be a different situation. I mean, there are there are occasions obviously when clubs go into administration, the PFA can help with players' wages. I don't quite know how that works, whether it's a loan or comes out of some insurance policy or something. I'm not sure, but, but you know there are ways in which um, in which these sort of matters can be resolved. And it, as I say, it isn't a particularly long period of time. So you know, as long as that threat of liquidation is is stayed. Then, um, then you know, it shouldn't be an issue to get through the rest of the season. And obviously, you couldn't make the Loft meeting on Thursday, Matt. But Loft. Um, no, I enjoyed watching the Facebook stream. Yeah, 
dream, though. That was really good, good idea. Of, uh, <laughs> Great, wasn't Elliot, it? Wasn't it? Who did that? Although it did mean I couldn't follow your tweets, guys. Sorry about that. That's all right. No worries. Right, you are. No worries. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on life? They seem to, be, you know, really kind of turn the corner in terms of. Yeah, I mean, look, I've always had a great relationship with Doug Harper and, and Matt Roper and the guys on the Lost Committee, you know, Tom Davies, they might, you know, but the, the fans' trusts are generally not needed at clubs where things are going okay, you know, and they, they just sort of, um, you know, they exist in, in often in quite a social way and, they, you know, they do um, they do have their comments on, on, you know, on all club matters, but generally there's nothing too extreme. But now, when things like this happen, um, people have to stand up and be counted and I have to say that Loft have really done that you know yeah. they've put a lot of work in you know that, the recovery plan that Matt Roper ran through that he, he's been behind you know a huge amount of work has gone into that Doug Harper's held them together Tom Davies been very vocal in the media Adam Michaels who's, who's you know extremely well connected and, and informed in the financial world and, and other guys as well you know Mike Randall Tony Room. these guys are, 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 are actually putting their heads above the parapet now and saying do you know what we, we will do we will do some work to help, you know, bring the fan base together. That's one of the things that, for me, has been most disappointing over the last couple of years to see a club where, you know, social media and the and the uh, the overall performance of the club brought a fan base from a very from very different backgrounds. You know, but brought everybody together, and to see the infighting and the different opinions that have been coming out over the last few weeks, a uh, few years rather, and the. the the conduct on the, on the message board and social media and stuff where people, fans have been falling out with each other and stuff has been really, really hard to me, me personally to, to, to see. So now I think that there is a, a groundswell of support um, behind Loft and obviously you guys and the fan teams are, are you know acting as a, a voice for them as well, which is great to get the message out to, to the fan base and, it, and it's starting to bring everybody together. And that unity will, will not just help the club with this fight, but it will also help um, with one point, which you know we're not really talking about, is getting the results to try and keep the team in League Two, regardless of the financial situation. So that that come when everybody comes back onto the same page, which they are doing now. Um, you know, I see that as a real positive. Yeah, and it's good that you mentioned obviously results on the pitch. The final question for you, Max. We won't keep you too long. On the pitch, do you think we can avoid relegation? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. I mean. This is not an ideal situation. Danny Webb is an inexperienced coach, but he's a very, very enthusiastic, single-minded and driven coach who has got very distinct ideas of his own and he's got an excellent relationship with these young boys who are in the team now. They're in the team because they have to be because they, they form a large part of the squad and because a lot of the seniors are unavailable for you know various different reasons. And it's, I mean, that result on Saturday was phenomenal to go, down, to go to anywhere, even the worst team in the Football League, to go and beat them 4-0 with you know so many young boys in the team was fantastic and I think that with um, you know with, with the seniors who can come back in over the next couple of weeks like McCallum Massey uh, Kelly you know Parks the others who, who've been out um, you know I know Michael Collins is making a good impact um, that there can be enough of a spine in there to help carry those young lads through because they, they can perform you know everybody knows you bring kids into the team and they can do it two or three games running, but to ask them to do it a dozen games running is a big ask. So they're going to have to have the seniors around them to help them through what's a very high-pressured situation. But don't forget, there's a lot of other clubs that are not a lot better than us, and some of them arguably not better, and in in not particularly much better form. I mean, I looked at the, 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 the bottom sort of seven, and I think apart from Newport, everybody in the bottom seven has picked up about the same number of points in the last five games. So everybody's doing the same sort of thing. It only needs one team and please God that's Orient to put yeah. you know two or three re- results together
together in a row and just keep keep um, you know just keep their head above the above the others. I think the North County and Cheltenham games were you know real um, real turning point ones. I look back at the, the year we got to Wembley and we had two. We we, we could have gone automatic if we hadn't lost had those two home defeats yeah. in the week in February. Yeah. And and this reminds me a little bit of that with that not those North County and Cheltenham results. But there's still 11 games to go, and that's a huge number of points available. Uh, you know, and it, it's only going to take a, a decent little spell of three or four games to um, to really turn things around. And, and uh, as my previous point was, if the fan base is getting behind the, the team, which they have been doing, then um, you know, I, I do think we can do it. That's fantastic summary and a great point to end on, Matt. Yeah. Thank you very much indeed for your thoughts and insight. Appreciate it as You're always. Welcome, guys. Good to speak. Thank always you very much. Always take pleasure. care. So that was Matt Porter speaking on the current uh, situation at Orient. So thanks there to Matt uh, for coming on the podcast again. So again, those were our views, our Matt's <coughs> views. So a few of your views. At firstly, uh, ex-player at Dean underscore seven Cox. So ex-player tweeted us. He said, all FB needs to do is just pay the debt. Then it's sorted. And if he doesn't, then I don't want to know the consequences. At Ernie P6969 said, it baffles me how the FA and the, and the Football League have not stepped in in the three years he's been here like they did at Leeds. Yeah, very good point. Yeah. At Bradley Acker's 95, so so many of these winding up orders get dismissed but would be Orient's luck that our one won <laughs> worrying times. Yeah. Um, at Ingleland 2010 said, FB would have known of this tax bill for some time if he had any intention of paying it he would have done so by now. That's a very good point. David Barrett, 15, says, a total disaster in three years, proof of what happens when you set a bad strategy and implement it rigorously. That is a fantastic tweet. Great wording. Brilliant. Great, well-worded. Baggy's House, 42, tweeted, saying, so saddened and gutted at the state of our beloved O's and feel for the staff. We will rise again. And at Muggins Bugner says, my dad talks of collection buckets to save the Orient in the 60s. We're still here and we will be at hashtag forever orient. So loads of tweets on Wednesday, very, very busy day. Um, like on Twitter, like yeah. crazy and great to see so many um, fans of other clubs as well getting involved and saying we hope you make really it really nice. Really nice. Fans from all over the country. Really and, nice. You know, even Plymouth fans who, you know, relationship with Plymouth fans haven't been great since obviously the Liam Kelly, but even Plymouth fans getting behind or in, yeah, in, in we had Bradford fan tweeting us, which yeah. we'll come to later. Loads of different people. So uh, on Thursday there was the loft meeting, which was superbly covered. So credit to them for um, for thinking outside the box and trying to cover it for people that couldn't yeah. be there. So credit to all of the committee, and obviously also adapting mid meeting to feedback and making decisions while you know I guess while you're on the fly. Uh, Elliot Byrne takes full credit for the video efforts. Um, his skill and expertise enabled yeah. that to happen. If you want to watch it back, go to the Loft Facebook page. It's quite it's a long there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's about three hours, isn't it? About two, yeah, about two and, two and, and a half, half. Oh, with the break. But well worth, if you've got the time, it's well worth a watch. It's really interesting, actually. Well, it was interesting being there. I haven't watched the video, but it was an interesting meeting. Yeah, it was good quality because I was watching it because I couldn't make it from the start so yeah. I was watching it so and also a huge credit to you my friend Thank because you, you live tweeted it and you kept up superbly and it's really not an easy job to succinctly summarise not at all the point in no. 140 spaces and to do that takes time it's while they're still talking it's not like they're, they've stopped talking for, you, for yeah. you to to tweet so that is tough so Mate, well li- done live tweeting is hard I haven't done it before you've done it on the, on the I've done it on the managers yeah, yeah it's it is hard, hard. So, it's really um, hard 
So we won't go through the entire meeting because it's too long to go into, but there are full details on the Loft website. But the two main votes that were passed, or the two votes that were taken um, to the floor, was firstly, Loft voted to go ahead to vote for administration, but to do so at the last available opportunity. So this uh, was to allow time for owner Bichetti to pay the current unpaid tax bill of around 125 to 250k. So just to flesh this out, just very, yeah, very yeah. quickly, just very, very quickly, because Loft are not voting to put us in administration yeah. now. We have a winding up order. It, like Matt Porter said, it needs to be paid. If it isn't paid, if it, sorry, if it is paid, this stops, it goes away, yeah. there's no problem, yeah. right? If it isn't paid, then two things happen. The club closes, it's liquidated. Well, it's liquidated. And HMRC take their money from any assets that they have. That's one option. The other option is that we make or Loft make representation at the winding up order meeting and ask for the club to be put in administration so that we can still run it as a going concern. Yeah. And therefore, we stand a chance of finding a new buyer, fulfilling our fixtures, and basically still being around as Leighton Orient Football Club playing at Matchroom Stadium, Brisbane Road. Yeah. Those are the three outcomes. And, and I'm sure one of the Loft Committee will correct me if I'm wrong, but that's my thorough understanding of yeah, that so situation. FB pays it. FB pays it. He doesn't pay it. and it, we, It's the first, it's the first yeah. option. And then the, the last two options, if he doesn't pay it, administration or liquidation. Potentially administration, basically. but the court obviously got to accept that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So also, with administration, we need to declare it by the 23rd of March to get the 12-point deduction this season. And yeah. if it's after, then the, the points will go next season. Which we probably would be better off doing it next season. Because <sighs> otherwise then we can it's, stay as a league club. Well, it's risky, isn't it? Because you don't know where you're going to be. Well, you're going to be guaranteed if you take it now. Oh, if you go into administration, yeah. Guar Unless we it's get... It's guaranteed relegation. But at the moment, yeah. it's it's too hard to call. As as it was said on Thursday, time isn't on our side on this one. No. Um, so for me, I, I think we should stay as a league club. But that's another story. So the reason vote. why Loft are are trying to... Um, um, sorry, yeah, so it leads yeah. us on to the next point. Actually, yeah, the yeah. second vote then. Uh, so the fighting fund was also voted through. So it's not going to be called a fighting fund. It's called the Leighton Orient Regeneration Fund. LORF. LORF, yeah, I like it. So initially, the uh, proposal was to raise 100k, but after debating it on the floor with members of LORF, uh, the target was increased to 250k. So that is currently in place. Now, you can contribute um, to this fund online. There's details all over Twitter. You can go on the Loft website or go on to GoFundMe and find Leighton Orient. There's, you know, you can donate by pay, PayPal, by debit card. There's loads of ways um, that you can donate. And I think at the moment, at the time of recording, or just before, it was on about 35 to 40 grand. So some amazing work amazing and gestures. amazing contributions so far. Just to add to that, so... Going back to the motion one, if Loft vote, you know, if we don't, if if Bichetti doesn't pay the the HMRC bill, and it leaves us with two options: administration or close down, yeah. shut down, liquidation. Yeah. The fighting fund will be used to help yeah, revive yeah. Orient in what they call a Phoenix Club type situation, which is basically we will start lower down in the, um, in the in the amateur pyramid, step five or step four, one of those two, assuming those leagues will have us, because obviously there's safety concerns yeah, yeah, about yeah, yeah. crowd numbers, stadium facilities, etc. So the fund will help to restart a Leighton Orient Club in some guise. However, if he doesn't pay it and HMRC and the court say, yep, you can go into administration and, and, and whatnot, then Loft will use the money to yeah. help sustain the club until such time as 
a new buyer is found or as long as that money will go for that's just to put a bit of clarity around that no, because a lot of people are still questioning well why are we going to go into administration it's crazy that you'd vote for us to go into administration so i hope if i've not misunderstood and i hope no, I've no, got yeah. that succinctly over that's what it is well we spoke to tom davies after uh, the loft meeting who explained it well so if you haven't yet you can go on to our soundcloud soundcloud what's the address for that uh cloud.com forward slash or in hyphen outlook so that's only on soundcloud five minute interview with tom yeah. davies straight after the loft meeting to tell you more about those two proposals so for me i thought it was a very productive meeting and one that was very positive under the circumstances so this meeting was already booked in prior to the winding up order so that was already happening yeah this just uh, added more to i got there about quarter past seven knowing it would be busy because it was supposed to start at 45 and it was yeah. packed all the seats already gone people standing on the floor so i was glad we got there when we did um you know previously i i have been quite critical of lofts but fair play to them Absolutely fair play to them. The house is in order. They've been going about their business quietly and preparing for several different scenarios. I thought the meeting was very good, very passionate, um, and yeah, really good. And I, I take my hat off to Loft. I take my hat off to Loft. Yeah, my thoughts. Um, sadly, I missed the beginning of the meeting, but I saw and heard a lot of passionate and opinionated fans, and it was very reassuring. Again, like you, credit to Loft for all of this, seeing a lot of bickering on social media. So really my message to all fellow fans is we must keep in mind that we all have views and opinions, but the vital point is everybody is entitled to their opinion, whether you agree with it or not. Like Matt Porter said, you know, a lot of um, negativity amongst fans and bickering and arguing and a lot of toxicity and it's just not needed. Yeah. We need to keep level-headed. We need to be constructive. We will progress. We will come out better the other side. We will come out stronger. Uh, we fight together. Yeah, I like it. So a full summary, as we've said, can be found of the meeting on the Loft website. You can watch the video on the Facebook uh, page for Loft. And yep. I think I read today that Loft have now got over a 1,000 members. So the increased membership since that meeting and since the winding up order That's significant. has gone tenfold. So well done to all involved. And talking about the fighting fund. Yeah, I think we'd like to add our contribution to it as well. So keep an eye out on our social media towards the end of this coming week as we hopefully will be announcing our plans on raising funds for the Leighton Orient Regeneration Fund. We're not going to say any more than that right now because no. nothing is concrete, but we will do our best to keep you up to date as much as we possibly can yes. as so, soon as we can. So we're very hopeful we can do something uh, to contribute uh, a decent amount for uh, the fight. The f Absolutely. Uh, the fund. So we will do our bit as keep, well. Keep your eyes open. That's all so, we'll say on that one. So yeah. Friday, 3rd of March? Yeah, following the loft meeting, the publicity for the O steam rolls on as media outlets report on the meeting and the Regeneration Fund gets a huge amount of coverage on social media with O's fans auctioning their treasured signed memorabilia and donating their money. By the end of the day, of the first full day, over £30,000 was raised. Now, this is since it was announced on, on Thursday. So, in, yeah, yeah. in one this day... Was, this was in the Friday. It was, yeah. like, it was 30 grand. 30 there, grand. It was amazing. Also on Friday... Rumours started that Roberto Gagliardi, head of recruitment, had left the club. We were able to confirm this was not correct. And at present, he is still working at the club. That's it. In all of, in all of this, it's really easy to forget we actually have a vital game yeah. to prepare for. So Danny Webb spoke to George Sessions ahead of the Newport game. And he said, Newport are a physical side, but I can't suddenly talk about my plan and the future and then stick a load of big players in because we're playing Newport. I have to be consistent with it, and I have been from the start. It's lovely and when you are consistent with it and beat Plymouth away from home. But you also have to keep 
in mind that consist keep that consistency. Sorry, when you lose four one at Stevenage, so that's what I'll continue to do. I urge people to look to the future, and I know that is hard when you're second from bottom. The thought of going to Geisley next year isn't appealing when you've gone to Doncaster Rovers. Not that that's very appealing this season. <laughs> so it's gut wrenching in a lot of ways. So he talks sense. There, I do Danny, like what, I do like what Danny Webb says. So moving he's on, principled in... like Matt Porter said earlier. Yeah, he's principled and he's he's single-minded in what he wants to do so that's good so Saturday 4th of March we move on to so Newport away so team was announced uh, a Granger in goal back four of Judd Hunt Parks and Kennedy midfield of Caroma Moncur Collins and Alsate and Samedo with Dorby playing up front subs Sergeant Mezegay Danny Hap Moore Oching Adebayejo and Abrahams so that was five changes to the starting lineup from Stevenage as Granger came in from Sargent that was Granger's first start since December 2015 George Sessions said that I won't claim that to be my well George <laughs> with Alzati and Moncur uh, making their starting debuts following their sub debuts on Tuesday night and Parks and Dorby returning so Clark was out with an ankle injury Massey was suspended following his 10th booking of the season. Paul McCallum was out through his knee. And Rowan Liebert, who was out through illness. Also, congrats to Tristan Abrahams, who was on the bench for the first time. So, uh, your views on the team? Yep, getting ridiculous the amount of young players we have to rely on. It isn't fair, but I hope the fact they know each other will be a positive. Yeah, for me, I agree with you. I'm very happy to announce, not making his uh, Orient Outlook podcast, Dave, he's been on before. Uh, welcome back, John McIntyre. You're right. Yeah, not bad, you. Yeah, good, Tar. So you went to Newport, and the match kicked off, and the pitch looked awful. Was it as bad in the flesh? Yeah, it was horrendous. I mean, I think Dave Victor posted a a picture of it up um, before the start of the game, and I know they'd had covers on overnight, but they weren't actually. It didn't actually stop water getting on the pitch, and some of it had leaked through. So there were, there were some puddles on the edge of the pitch at the start um, and through the game, but actually on the playing surface it was just like a potato field, literally. Wow. <laughs> to be honest, so the match yeah, it was it was awful. So the match kicked but off, they, and um, they I play think, rugby on it. So yeah, you can, I well. think you can tell. You can tell you? it's back and tell. Yeah. So first couple of minutes, I think Newport seemed to start the better. Yeah, definitely. Newport came out and and, and tried to uh, pin us back and put us under pressure for the first sort of. Five or ten minutes, I suppose. Um, had a couple of half chances, but um, nothing sort of clear cut really. But no, they did look, um, they looked, looked a threat. Cool. And then in the eighth minute, we took the lead from a brilliant break. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I spoke to you in the game and yeah. just couldn't believe how high um, they were playing their their back line. I mean, it was literally five ten yards inside their own half, and it just seemed so easy for us to spring the, the counter-attack and just put them through and uh, and once the, once our young lads got through they, they weren't catching them so yeah, it was great it was a great break Karama got round the back didn't he got on the left hand side yeah. ran put in a perfect beautiful cross into uh, Alzate's path easy finish at the back post for Alzate took it well uh, couldn't miss and he gets his first Orient goal after 8 minutes into his starting debut so well done young man a bit like Sam Dolby yeah, 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 and then in the 13th minute, things got better as we doubled our lead. Uh, Dorby plays in a superb pass to Karoma. It's like you said, John, very high line. Karoma sprung the offside trap, gets through one on one, shoots under their keeper. Boom, 2 0. Yeah, uh, it, it was very, like I said, it was very similar. The, uh, the first three goals were all springing the offside trap on such a high line. Uh, I think Wesley was trying to 
play a pressing game, and they did for the first sort of five minutes or so. But then they they couldn't sustain it, and they just sort of sort of dropped off and gave us too much time, really. They had lots of time on the ball. I to pick the passes, um, and uh, he he didn't learn from it. He didn't change the tactics and call it. They kept doing it even in even in the second half. That's good for us. Very cool. good. Very good for us. So how did the... Uh, so from the 13th minute after we doubled our lead till sort of towards half-time, how... Summarise that, that period for us, sort of that, that sort of 20, 25 minutes for us. <laughs> well, with the, with the pitch, it was obviously pretty scrappy. Um, you know, it was it was difficult to get control of the ball, but we, we, had, we had pretty good share of possession, I, I would have thought. And... Um, Newport didn't look threatening at all between then and between then and sort of half time it was all it was all us um, without necessarily creating loads of chances but we had lots of lots of the play and um, the midfield boys are excellent uh, Alzate I thought he was that unbelievable and Freddie Moncur looked like he played thirty games this season already he was he was absolutely brilliant nice one thirty six minute Granger made. Range actually done quite well. He made a good save in the 36th minute as he tipped a, a curling shot over the bar. Done well to tip that behind him. And then in the 43rd minute, Newport had a free kick just outside the box. The butler called wide, but I think Granger had that covered. He seemed to be well positioned for that as he watched yeah. it go wide. And then two minutes of stoppage time were added and literally put the game out of their reach as, uh, again, broke broke their line. Dorby got in, played in by Samedo, literally ran through, draws the keeper out. Very unselfishly passed to Caroma. Could have easily taken on the shot. Yeah, I mean, their, their defence just opened up and he ran from inside our own half yeah. to the 18-yard line. And Dolby's not the quickest, but they, they couldn't catch him either. And, <laughs> no, um, good point, actually. And, yeah, it was great great vision and great um, that um, Josh held his run just to stay on side. So. Yeah, 3-0, game done, game done. And I think that's a massive credit, just to jump back to what you were saying there, that that should not be underestimated, that Sam Dolby, who is a striker by nature unselfishly squared it to his teammate to score so the greater good of the team yeah. put before his own and that that you don't get even by seasoned professionals especially probably from seasoned professionals but here you here you've got two guys that are playing for, for a team not just for each other but they've probably grown up together so oh, yeah, probably, yeah, they have that friendship don't they I guess you can yeah. see all those little relationships over the pitch so half time whistle goes 3-0 up John thoughts on the first half I guess it's a perfect half for him three shots on target three goals clean sheet and three up First half, and and like the fact that they didn't uh, they didn't panic when those first few minutes they were under pressure. We we looked assured at the back, like we and they, there was no messing, you know, no play, no overplay. If you're in doubt, they were just clearing their lines, which is which was good to see. There was no messing about, and then we just, the answers just grew into the game, and and um, you know, I mean, they gave them a footballing lesson. To be honest with you, good. Brilliant. So James O'Hagan uh, tweeted us, and he said, "Where's this been all season?" Yes, it's a team below us, but still... Yeah, I thought that was a great tweet. That was a brilliant tweet. Attendance announced at 3,378 uh, with 395 away fans. So I don't know if that attendance was good for Newport because they were letting everyone in for a tenner uh, oh, to they? try and get people in. <laughs> so 395 away fans, uh, brilliant to every, uh, each and every one of you who made the journey. Absolutely. So no substitutions for Orient as the second half kicked off and um, Rig had a shot that deflected wide just six minutes into the second half. But then, John, we get awarded a penalty as Alzate surged into the box and got taken down. Was that at yeah. your end or the other end? Could you see that? No, it was, it was at our end. It was right in front of us, to be honest. And um, really, really um, 
before that, Josh Caroma had a shout and he was booked yes, for, uh, for simulation. Yeah. And it was, it was a, for me, that was a clear penalty. And the keeper should have got his marching orders because he was the last man bearing down on goal. George, um, Josh did knock it past him a little way, but he took, like, he went over, he, his legs were out and he went over. So, you know, there was definitely contact. And that should have been a penalty. But this, the one for Stephen Alzarte was definitely a penalty. I think the rest had to give it really any, regardless because the first one should have been given in the first place yeah, a good, um, good little I did thought it might have been out on the edge out of the box at first but when I when I watched the highlights it was, it was just inside so it was good it was good for Karoma to step up and have the balls to take it yeah I agree and and he dispatched it well but the keeper did get a hand to good it good penalty though it was, it was powerful enough it was a corner but it was powerful unlike Kennedy's the previous week which was in the corner as well yeah. but didn't have the power to beat the keeper had enough power what a match for Karoma you know that's only could only be his fourth or fifth senior league match and he gets a hat trick superb superb I bet it was going mental when you away in wasn't it yeah it was it was it was a great atmosphere and I think I think it was just like a relief to get a win after the week that everyone had had yeah everyone was just pleased just to get a win and for the for the youngsters as well right because uh, I think a lot of people were worried when they looked at the team sheet at the start yeah. and uh, to come away with such a convincing win everyone was over the moon so brilliant and the 68th minute Tristan Abrahams gets on for his debut he came on for Josh who got a great ovation from both sets of fans I guess you know brilliant game for Josh gets taken out and you know we can rest him for Saturday and gets a great ovation great to see Tristan Abrahams getting a shout he's been prolific Tristan Abrahams for the youth he's always been mentioning so his name so very happy brilliant. to see that yeah. then Charlie Granger got down very low to save Samuel's shot in the 73rd minute and then in the 84th minute, Victor Adebayejo comes on to replace Sam Dolby. Yeah, and for me, you know, just shows you how many strike partnerships we've had this season. So with McCallum, Simpson, Palmer, Dolby, Massey up front, Lieber, Adebayejo, and now Abraham. So many different partnerships, but just shows you the strength we've had or the players we have had up front this season. There's yeah. a lot of players there. 87th minute, Teddy Mezegay came on for Freddie Moncur. How, how did Freddie do? I mean, you know, making his starting debut, played for 87 minutes. How, how did Freddie get on? Absolutely brilliant, absolutely brilliant, and I think I think it works so well because um, because he had Stephen Alzate with him as well, and and Collins Collins just sat behind the two of them, just mopping up. He played brilliantly, Collins, and um, and he just let them two go and play and express themselves really. And the fact that you know Stephen Alzate and Freddie Moncur and Josh Caroma have played so long together, they know each other's game inside out, and they look you know it, it showed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Great point there, great point there. 90th minute, Abraham's almost capped off his debut with a goal. He turned and shot, but his effort was saved. And then four minutes of injury time are played. Full-time whistle goes as we get an emphatic victory, which you know surely now condemns Newport to relegation. Gives us a slight bit of hope in our own rele- relegation battle. So really, really good to see. Yeah. Um, so uh, a bit of a stat. Josh Caroma is the first player to net a hat-trick for the club since Sean Bat in the Johnson Paint Trophy on wow. September the 3rd, 2013. So that's courtesy of Colin or Charlie in the media team at LOFC. Dave Victor, I think, said in his post-match interview with Danny Webb that it was the first in 10 years. So um, I'll let them two take that, that, that issue up. But according to the stat uh, from the boys there, it's 2013. So wow. it, it, it's, it's a great one. Yeah, Josh was also awarded the EFL Star of the Day for scoring his hat-trick. So well done, Josh. Stat two. 
Leighton Orient's 4 1 at Newport was their biggest away league win since the same scoreline at Tranmere in October 2013. So, the biggest away victory since the podcast started. So, that can go on record now. Is that So, John, thank you for joining us. Just, do you want to summarise the game and your, your, your thoughts and your views? Yeah, just, just, just really happy and pleased. Pleased with uh, with everyone. You couldn't. It's easy to to give a man the match to Coroma, but there were so many good performances. Um, you know, he stood out because of the goals, but it was a real team performance um, from the kids, especially. But at, at the same time, Newport was shocking. They are the worst <laughs> team that I've seen for a long, long time, and I think we need. Make sure that we uh, we don't get too ahead of ourselves because yeah. I know Grimsby, Grimsby next week is going to be much tougher than than they yeah. were. That's for sure. Great point. How did Tom Parks do, incidentally? Because he'd been injured, so he's just come back. How did he the, acquit himself? He looked, really, he looked really solid. Didn't put a foot wrong, and he looked fit as well. He stayed at stayed the distance, and uh, yeah, he was he was absolutely solid at the Lovely. back. Both of them with Nicky Hunt as well. So yeah, mm-hmm. no, it was it was really good to see. Brilliant. John, always a pleasure, buddy. Thank you for coming on the show and giving us your views on Newport. Well done for going, mate. And, uh, no talk, problem, lads. Talk to you soon. Yeah, take care. You too. Cheers, John. Bye. Cheers. Bye. So that was John Macker, who was at the game yesterday. So thank you, John. After the match, Danny Webb told Dave Victor it was a fantastic performance and he's been trying to bring togetherness and team spirit and I'm so proud of these players. He also said that he has a plan and structure for the future. He said, I've made some tough decisions, but people can now see what I'm trying to do. He also praised his senior pros by saying, they know that I'm just after performance and we showed class on the ball today. And he also said that he wants to be the manager of Leighton Orient for many years to come. So, cool. Fantastic words there from Danny. I think if he keeps us up, I think he'd be deserving of it. To yeah, be fair. Matt Simpson done his rebuilding. Matt Simpson done his um, fashion, fashion watch. watch. Danny Webb fashion watch. Yeah, and this week was I can't remember what he said, but it was, oh, it was quite funny. But let okay. me down. But go and have a look at Matt Simpson's uh, Twitter at feed and O to see what he was saying. So league table. Yeah, unchanged in our position. Unfortunately, we stayed twenty third. We've now played thirty five. We've won nine, drawn five. Uh, lost 21. We now have a goal difference of minus 15 and 32 points. I mean, that was a, that victory has literally poured, crawled back our goal difference. Correct. So our goal difference has taken a bit of a, bat, a battering after the Stevenage game. And um, uh, and we've we basically got back the goals that we conceded against Stevenage and yeah. uh, Cheltenham. So really good. That I mean, that could be a massive <clears throat> victory. So just want to point that out, yep. Yep. So Newport looked like they're finished. Teams around so. us. Notts County in 22nd, they're five points ahead of us with the worst goal difference. They lost 3-0 away to Stevenage. Hartlepool found a little bit of form. They're in 21st and six points ahead of us. They beat uh, Exeter 3-1 yesterday and Accrington are in 20th. They're also ahead of us by six points after beating Barnet 1-0. So the thing about that is we've still got to play Hartlepool um, at home. We've still got to play Accrington, Accrington away. away yeah. We've also got Crew um, to go to who are just above there as well, so yeah. you know, like Matt Paul says, there's still 11 games to play, and we, and you know, I think apart, I think we've only got Doncaster to play in Luton, who are up there, and then the rest are all mid table yeah. or lower. So <sighs> squeaky bum it's, time. It is proper squeaky, squeaky bum, time. bum time, but it is doable. Absolutely, we've only got to catch the person in the well, last twenty uh, second. We've only got to catch. Well, them. Matt Porter made a great point, didn't he? Just before saying you only need to go and run a three and four, three or four games. There's always one team who do it. Win three or four games and end up well clear. Hopefully, 
That'll be us. Yeah, all being well. So you're so, yesterday. Must yeah, must win for us really. I'm, and I'm really delighted that we dented our terrible goal difference, kept a clean sheet, and played very well yeah. on arguably the worst surface in the yeah, football league. Good point. A huge well done to everyone involved today, from Danny and Omer to the young players. Some making their debut. Stephen Alzate, my friend, take a bow. You look very comfortable and confident at a pre-season game. I saw you out with Greenwich Borough. I know it's not the same, but you could see hints of your class and skill there. So really great for you uh, to see you score on your full debut as well. And also huge credit to Sam Dolby. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, as a striker, your primary job is to score goals. And when you're bearing in on goal, you've been thinking, I've got a chance to score here, get my name on the score sheet again. But you squared it to Josh, um, as I say, when you could have shot yourself. And that says a million positive things about you and the team ethic and morale. Shame for Newport, as we all know what it's like to be on the oh, receiving end of a thumping. That's very nice of you. That's very nice of you. Graham Wesley, if you're listening, or if any... Oh, no, I don't care much for Graham <laughs> Wesley, but just the fans of that yeah, football yeah, club. Okay. It's not that's, nice to be nice in our position. That's so a nice gesture. Good luck for the rest of the season. Yeah, for me, superb victory and an emphatic one. Clinical finishing up front. You know, three shots. I think we had four shots on target in that match. Scored all four. Brilliant. That, you know, don't don't see that often. It's a good return, yeah. Really good. Very young lineup. Um, and they all know each other's game and Helen just you know occurred to me but that midfield ahead of Collins is literally um, Samedo Moncur Alzate and Karoma yeah. all, all teenagers yeah and Dolby up front yeah teenagers unbelievable yeah. unbelievable a delight for Karoma you know that would do his confidence the world of good he's, he's been doing well anyway but obviously he's been fading in the second half like we said I think last week but to get a hat-trick amazing well done uh, and well done to Azate as well, you know, who scored and won the penalty. So well done to you. To Moncur, well done. You know, John's just said he played really well and it seems like he had a brilliant game. Abraham's well done for getting some game time. And to Charlie Granger, the forgotten man, you know, two months ago, we were saying, where is Charlie Granger? What's he doing? And there he is. Clean sheet yesterday and a few decent saves. So well done. So very positive coming out of that. Who would have thought? Who would have thought at the end of this podcast would be positive, you know? So those were our views. Again, your views, can't mention all of them. Selection of what we've got. What a great one to start off with. At Pank P007 says, Oi, Bichetti, the team are fighting for the soul of the club that you want to rip out. Do the honourable thing and pay tax, sell and leave. Very nice, Pank P. At Boatsy said, what a bounce back. The kids should be so proud. What a performance all. Congrats to Josh on a superb hat-trick. Yeah, at Len M4 says, the fans aren't going down without a fight. Today prove the players aren't either. Come on, Orient. Yeah, at Kevin Cowlin, these kids should be so proud. Fantastic result and performance, but it's probably academic in terms of our league future with a uh, crying emoji. Yeah, and nice to see you at the Loft meeting, Kevin. Yeah, and they made great, a good point. Great point about getting other league clubs to maybe start doing the buckets. And I said, opposite of work, as Norwich supporter, and I was telling him about the meeting, and he <laughs> said, oh, you should you should, you should, should do that, get buckets. Because if you've got, done that somewhere like Norwich, you'd, you'd easily get a couple of grand out of that. So, great idea there, Kev. We'll see how that progresses. At Richard J. Bourne, says, proud of the fight and result after the worst week in Orient's history. Great point there. Yeah, very good point there. At David underscore Mattock. So proud of the lads today. A fantastic result. And hopefully it will show potential investors why they should yeah, do so. Yeah, really good point there, really David. Good point. good point. At Jimbo1404 says, Release some of the pain of the last week. And you wonder how good these kids would be if all the scenes weren't happening. Of all the things behind the scenes. I've yeah. tried to take out a swear word. Yeah. Okay, yeah, well done. At David, <laughs> Me- at David Magix said... Didn't see much point in going today. How wrong was I? Today showed the team and fans are still on the same page. Yeah, brilliant tweet. Steve Nugent, UK, says, I'm bursting with pride for the lads and the fans this week. 
Our club is truly special with passion and fight up the O's. At Leon Oresti, maybe the owner phoned Josh this morning and his charismatic pet talk led to that display or maybe he'll be frozen out now. Like Bravo, that. my friend. Bravo. I do like that. And we get tweets from fans of other clubs as well, believe it or not. So one from at BCAFC Mark, who's a, uh, a Bradford City fan. He says, well done to LOFC. A huge win for you a lot. Hope you push on from this. All the best for the rest of the season from a Bradford fan. So thank you, Mark. Top man. At uh, 67, Sammy, to hold their heads up and do what they've done after this week is a credit to themselves and to the club. Hashtag save Orion. Like it. Among the Spugner. So local boys maybe know what it means, hungry and talented. Set an example for the rest. I feel a run coming on, hashtag youth. Yeah, at MPL and Triple Two, not really surprising seeing an Orient match game over by half-time. Just not used to it being in our favour, like hashtag it. we are staying up. I like it. Magnus Spugner and MPL and 22 both got double tweets this week because they made two very good, good points. points yeah. At Scotch Egg 87 says, what a performance from the boys today. The midfield worked tirelessly, different from other weeks. We didn't give them any time. There what a great point. That, that's maybe the youth just nipping on away. It. Yeah, yeah. when we sit off players, yeah. we should be getting on them. Like other teams charge us and close us down to, to hurry yeah. us along. Is exactly what we should be doing to them. Final word this week goes to D. David Yu, who says, So pleased for Josh and what a mature, unselfish player Sam Dolby is. We've got our team back. Now let's get our club yeah. back. Brilliant. So brilliant tweets this week. and fantastic. I can't believe we haven't sworn on this podcast. It's amazing we've managed to keep it clean. With family show, yeah. family show. So prediction league up, go for it. So well done to at Simon Biggs two who predicted four 0 yesterday, but also to at Leighton Orient who predicted four 0 and Alzati to score. So he got the bonus point. So that means O's fans basing is on top of the league on eighteen points. And Nina Barone twenty seven is second on fifteen points. MP Allen two 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 third on fourteen points, and in fourth Joe underscore Pavit at Leighton Ori at Strop underscore O and at Leon Oresti on 13 points. So it's, it's getting tight. very tight at the top. Only very 11 games tight. left. Only 11 games left. So get your predictions in yeah. for every match. Fancy football update as we wrap up towards the end of this show now. Barry Underwood is top of the league on 1,519 points. In second, Elliot Hartfree-Pierce on 1,496 points. Steve, you've dropped several places yeah. down to 28th because... You rested two goal hero Harry Kane. Well, when I went to do my team Man. on Friday, he was never, in yellow. He was never in trust it. However, yeah. I've got about three Chelsea players in and they yeah. play tomorrow. I've okay. got my, my captain's Chelsea as well. And who are they so playing? I Don't know. can't okay. say that. No, I know, but I will not say their name on the podcast. Oh, probably our neighbours neighbors over the road. Those who we shall not speak of on this podcast. <laughs> so Sunday the 5th of March. <laughs> That'd be an aggro match, though. Yeah. So, oh, mate, and the rest. So today, Sunday 5th of March, all right, ladies were back in action after their... Game last week got called off, so uh, they played Carl Shelton Athletic in the League Cup. They won 2 1 with goals from Sophie Lemarchand and Bellin Rippol, meaning we topped the group as we progress into the semi finals of the League Cup. So well done, ladies. Well done, ladies. Good ladies. Yep, yeah, good to hear more positive news. So this week, the positives and negatives, we've got quite a few positives this week, surprisingly. We have, yeah, the positives outweigh um, the negatives, amazingly. Yeah, we won a bloody game, is the yeah, first well positive. Done. So. Well done. Um, we kept a clean sheet in the process. No, let's do it. Well done, Charlie Granger. Uh, yeah, and that shouldn't be underestimated because Charlie Granger should get the credit for that because there were a lot of saves yeah. that he made in that that he were did. really, really goal. Like, yeah, it wasn't like saves. it wasn't like we completely dominated the game and they had no shots on target. He made a few decent saves. Well done. Exactly. Our league status is still in our I'm hands. Uh, the quality of our young pros. Uh, the legacy, obviously, of Andy Edwards and, and yeah, uh, Richard Thomas. Stuff, yeah. And football fans united to fight and help our club. Amazing. So well yeah, done well to done. the football community for that. Appreciate it. So negatives, you know, obviously the winding up order is a pretty big 
pretty big negative to be facing. <laughs> yeah. Um, secondly, lack of communication from the club or owner. So again, not a, we're not you know. It's not a dig at the yeah, media, yeah. guys. It, it's it's Vito and Alessandro and and um, and Francesco that they should have put something out there by Absolutely, now. Absolutely, yeah. Another negative, heavy loss to Stevenage early in the week, but hopefully we can put that behind us now. You're only as good as your last game, and our last game was a four 0 win. And the last negative, obviously, not being mentioned, and people seem Anymore. to have, have not be talking about it, but we still will. Alex Chizak, yeah. You know what is going on there. So leads us on to our hero of the week. It's no surprise to anybody. No Who's surprise. the EFL's team of the week, player of the week. So well done to Josh Caroma. Well done on your hat trick, my friend. And your assist as well. He said got a hat trick and an assist. Game changer. And should have had a penalty. It wouldn't <laughs> got surprise their me. Sent off. Yeah, I'm going to put it out there. It wouldn't surprise me the amount of scouts that are probably queuing up to pick off our youth. Probably. It really wouldn't. The likes of Caroma. Well, I think they're probably searching to see where we're going to be next season. You know, if you're a League 2 club... It's probably going to cost you more money to get players out than what it will do yeah. if you're a conference club. So hopefully exactly. we still will be a league, a league two club. Absolutely. So, excuse me, next week's fixtures. <laughs> Sorry about yeah. that. Just the one fixture as we welcome Grimsby to Brisbane Road on Saturday. They lost 2-1 at home to Wickham on Saturday and they're on 47 points. Seven points off the playoffs, but they're without their prolific striker Omar Boggle who was sold in the January transfer yeah, window. Yeah, he's doing Easy for me to say. He's at Wigan now. Yeah, he's done all right, yeah. Yeah, since selling him, they've been on a pretty downward spiral to be fair so this really represents an opportunity for us to pick up three vital points so yeah that's it really for yeah. this week isn't it so that's it an hour 12 so that's not bad actually so thanks for joining us for episode 97 an insane week again for an early part of the week so a huge defeat to Stevenage left many fans feeling deflated and conceding the acceptance of relegation as you, you know we mentioned earlier by the tweets that we received this was followed by a novel knockout blow as the following morning it was revealed there was a winding up order for Leighton Orient but this has seemed to reinvigorate fans it's all comes together which was shown especially at the Loft meeting on Thursday and it's been humbling to see messages from fans of all different football clubs supporting the O's under these difficult circumstances and on the pitch yesterday the young lads played their hearts out and strove to a 4-0 victory to give us all hope that things aren't over yet and not to write us off. So will things calm down this week? Who knows? But keep your eyes on our social media accounts as if anything does happen, we'll try and be one of the first to let you know. So if you're going to the Grimsby match on Saturday, we'll see you there. Uh, and if you're undecided on going, then book your ticket now as you'll also get a free ticket for the Doncast to go. Great plug. Thank you, mate. Great plug. Thank you, Forgotten mate. about that. The club are running an initiative. You buy a ticket for Grimsby, you get one free for the Doncaster game. Yeah, and on checkout, type in Orient Outlook podcast and we receive a pound for every ticket sold. Not really, but nice idea. <laughs> nice idea. Never going to happen, but we what will happen <laughs> next week, we're going to be back with episode oh, like number it. 98. I'm good at this segue business. You're so very good. With all the information and views that you will ever need will be in that episode. And to play out this week's episode, we're finally delighted to be able to play Rocking All Over the World. And thanks for George Sessions or two George Sessions, for noticing the songs we play out. We actually think about them, and it is the only variable in terms of music that we'll put in the podcast. We'll always come in with Tijuana Taxi. Yeah. We want to play out with Rocking All Over the World, but today, we will be. Yeah, so as always, we, will be. we look forward to hearing from you, and as always, keep calm and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Have a good week, everybody, and up the O's.